Hey there, it's me, Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help improve your mindset and your money. And in this episode, I'd like to talk to you about three reasons why you may be chronically anxious and more importantly, how to fix this. This is a valuable episode if you or someone you love has been suffering from anxiety and you're at your wit's end and know something needs to happen, but just don't know how to understand it or explain it in a way that shows that you care and really understand. Well, I've got your back in this episode, so make sure that you've got the time, the space, and energy to absorb what we've got to talk about. And I'll be right back with you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. So glad that you're with me. If this is your very first episode, make sure that you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. That way, as soon as I drop an episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety split. And for those of you guys who have been listening, I'm so thankful for your time, your energy, and your attention. I know that you can be at other places, but you're choosing to spend here with me, improving yourself and improving how you relate with others. If you've been enjoying these episodes, make sure that you share and you write a review. That way we can grow this community and make sure that other people can hear messages like this. And lastly, if you would love to learn more about me and what I do and interested to see if I may help you, visit me on denisechili.com where you can read articles and learn about my story and see whether or not I may be a good fit for you if that's something that you are interested in. Now, I have a little warning message or an advisory message before we begin this episode. I just want to let you know that this episode is purely for informational purposes. This is not used to diagnose, treat, or medically explain any condition, mental condition that you or somebody else may be suffering through at this time. This is purely for something for you to dive in deeper with a licensed medical doctor or a trained therapist. This is just something for you to understand at a very surface level. I just want to give that disclaimer before we dive into it because you may have a lot of questions, you may have a lot of concerns, and I don't want you to jump to any conclusions. This should just more or less be a springboard for you to dive in deeper into these concepts if what I'm saying really identifies with your current situation in life, okay? This whole idea of anxiousness and anxiety is something that's very passionate to me for a lot of reasons. A, I have suffered with it from as long as I can remember. I was one of those people who felt the need to avoid people, deadlines, and anything that made me feel as if I was not worthy. And I never quite figured out where that happened. I remember when I would go on stage and I typically thought I had stage fright. I had my stomach felt like it was going leaps and bounds and all the eyes were literally punishing me or judging me based on what I was about to say. Or if someone looked at me with their eyes looking down or they weren't giving me eye contact. And when I think about it, even those days, I barely gave people eye contact. So how would I even know? But I digress. The point I was trying to make was that 
I was afraid of the world and I didn't know how to relate with people because I felt as if I was being judged and therefore it resulted in me underperforming or overperforming, meaning that I would either overwork or I would just avoid work at all. I would avoid things that made me scared and intimidated. And as a result of that, I missed opportunities professionally and personally for many, many years. The anxiety allowed me to stay in very toxic romantic situations. I would date people that I thought were emotionally crippled, but it takes two to tangle, right? I was attracted to people that were also anxious and afraid. And I couldn't figure out what that was all about. And the purpose of kind of this episode and my profession and my life is a manifestation of really understanding why I suffer through trauma, how it impacted my life, and more importantly, why you should be listening to this. Because I really do understand on a deep level that crippling anxiety that prevents you from going to see that doctor's appointment even though you know these pains that you're feeling are not normal or that anxiety that causes you to not ask for the job or not book that appointment with me (laughs) just throwing that out there or whatever that you know that you've been really wanting to do and you're coming with reason after reason after reason why you shouldn't and you're avoiding and you're feeling terrible and you're shaming yourself and you have no freaking idea why you're doing it. That's why I do this work. That's why I have been so dedicated to helping people who've had anxiety or have anxiety rather because I understand where that comes from. And it kind of reminds me of a 12-step recovery programs where it's not being administered by a doctor to uh, people who are suffering an, an addiction issue. It's addicts talking to addicts. There's something very healing talking with someone who understands what you're going through and why you're going through it. So I'm just saying all that as a warm up to say that I definitely feel where you're at and why you may be going through what you're going through. And there are millions of people who are suffering also with mental health. So don't feel that you're alone. Don't feel as if you can't share your voice. It's just being able to have the tools to speak calmly, freely, and not be afraid of judgment. Okay. So I'm hoping that this helps you understand that this is definitely something that you shouldn't be afraid of or ashamed of. And in fact, this is something that you should acknowledge that will help you connect with others in a unique and special way. But anyway, all this to say is that you are doing a great job for just listening. Okay, now let's dive into the reasons why you may be chronically anxious. And it comes into three main buckets. I don't really know what your situation is other than obviously if we schedule appointment we talk but this is just from my professional and personal experience about why you may be chronically anxious the first reason may be because of genealogy i think about the specific asian american or chinese american novelist and author amy tan and if you've ever read joyla club or 
the bone setter's daughter. There's lots of themes of mental illness and shame and depression. And just like many other artists, novelists, writers, Amy took a lot of themes of her own personal life and made it fictionalized through her characters. But Amy Tan, her life, her genealogy specifically, has a long line of mental depression. Her grandmother killed herself. Her mother repeatedly had stated that she was going to kill herself and she attempted once. And Amy Tan herself has had fascinations with suicide ideation, meaning that she wanted to kill herself and has struggled with mental health and depression her entire life. And as a result of that, she chose to not have kids. And she stated that because of biological reasons, she believes that she may pass that mental illness on towards her offspring. Now, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't understand too deeply about the biological reasons behind depression, but I do know there's a family link for that. I think about even on my mother's side of my own family, there's a very strong connection of schizophrenia and bipolar disorder on my family specifically on my mother's side, and there's various family members that have suffered with it and are suffering with it currently. So I do know that mental history can be linked to family members. And if that's you, it's definitely time for you to have an honest conversation with your family members and explore who else in your family who has suffered through mental health issue. Okay. The second one is biological. Now, there are some people who have high levels of cortisol. And if you don't know what cortisol is, it's basically connected to your sympathetic nervous system. And it's basically what you've heard of your flight or flight fight, where your pupils dilate and you're more or less getting ready for a fight and your muscles tense up. And for those people, the cortisol levels is that stress hormone, which in short bursts are good, it's necessary. We all have cortisol when we're confronted in tense, uncertain, stressful moments. But for some people, we're just they're just running high on cortisol 24-7. And they're just in this constant arousal state, okay, where they're more or less about to feel as if they're threatened at any given moment. And Again, I just I keep on saying that this is not something that I want you to think that you're going to WebMD yourself. This is definitely something that needs to be discussed with a therapist or a, a doctor about it because there's a lot of people who may be listening to this and go, oh, well, that's just me. But in reality, you may have obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a cousin um, that's related to people who have high levels of cortisol. There's a lot of nuances, a lot of factors within it. I'm just giving you, again, high-level information. But that's just something to think about. It may be biological. But lastly, it may be because of your early childhood experiences. And I talk a lot about, in my course, Amazing Attitude, about how your childhood has created conditioning in your mind that has continued patterns that are more or less outdated, antiquated, and has caused a lot of damage in how you relate with yourself and how you relate others. I'll link 
I'll drop a link in the show notes below if you're interested in pursuing amazing attitude. But for our time together, I'll just say that your brain is divided into six main sections, okay? And our memories are stored in your the the side part of your body also known as the lateral part of your body called the temporal lobe it's also where your memories hearing behavior and how you generate emotions are stored in conjunction your frontal lobe the front part of your your brain is where thinking speaking reasoning problem solving is stored and it's a it's a little dance between those two sections about why we feel anxious. What happens is when we are a child, when we're a baby, actually, let's even go beyond just a baby, when we're in the womb, when we aren't even born, there's a lot of things that are going on. We're actually being imprinted by our parents when we are hearing the heartbeat of our mother or we may be hearing sounds of like your our, your mother yelling or feeling angry or feeling stressed or perhaps she has high levels of cortisone too and she's in a constant state of alert because she's feeling financially uncertain because of some other money issue that's going on in your parents um home or perhaps she's in an abusive relationship. There's a lot of things going on. Perhaps she's going through her own mental health issues. And even as an unborn child, your brain is absorbing all of that. You may have read about, if for me, I heard about this too when I was pregnant with my son, about making sure that you're constantly calm, making sure that you're eliminating stress reading to your unborn baby that literally impacts your baby's brain i i kid you not and if you think about it there's so many years from that unborn up till five they they've sometimes people say to seven but i say to more or less five is where your brain is locked with primary messages from not just your parents, but your siblings and the ones closest to you. And when I say the closest to you, the most five to seven people that's the most immediate circle to you also could be a caregiver. And they're imprinting messages that you have no idea how to reconcile, whether or not it's based on fact or fiction and how they behave. For, For example, your, your dad may have been an alcoholic or he may have been a a rage addict and he came home every night just popping off and getting angry and getting upset over the house not being clean or perhaps your mother had a alcoholism problem and she was frequently angry and volatile if she didn't have enough drinks by a certain amount of the day or perhaps you had a brother who was feeling not getting attention and he frequently kicked the dog or was very volatile or angry. I'm giving these angry examples because for a lot of us, we go into two main paths when we're confronted, we're seeing anger. We either adopt it as something that we need to take on or we internalize it or we try to numb ourselves or distance ourselves. We go to one of those two extremes. And for a lot of us who have suffered through anxiety, we either internalize a lot of anger within ourselves or we're angry towards people 
verbally, physically, and we just can't find a way how to modulate it. In other words, how to control it. And so we pop off in one of those two main areas. And again, I talk a lot deeper and amazing attitude about how to work through that kind of stuff. But I'm just explaining on a high surface level what that looks like, what that entails. And I just want to let you know that it's definitely something that those messages are really imprinted on five. And as a result, you may find yourself repeating rituals. When I say rituals, ways of acting and reacting and how you speak with people who have a certain tone that's familiar to your family of origin and you find yourself repeating on loop again and again and over and over again these same patterns and themes that may have worked perfectly well in your family of origin but they are counterproductive in fact they will cause more anxiety more stress and more pain as an adult and I want to I want to let you know that I, I totally understand it's not easy. And for a lot of us, just even identifying that is very painful to even acknowledge. I'm like, wait a minute, I may be repeating patterns for my family. I'm like, yeah, most likely if you suffer through chronic anxiety. And when I say chronic anxiety, I'm specifically talking about at least three to three or five episodes per week where you feel anxious, alone, afraid, elevated heartbeat, palm sweating, feeling uncertain, un, unwilling or unable to face the world as the world is, wanting to check out, meaning suicide, adulations in some more extreme forms when you feel extremely overwhelmed over long periods of time. There's a lot to it. But for a lot of us, we felt this way because we never felt as if we could control our circumstances, control ourselves or control others, basically. Okay, now that we've talked about these three areas, the biological, the genealogical, and the the train, the imprinting, I want to dive into our second part of our episode and how to fix it. Because I don't think it's enough for you just to listen to this episode and go, yeah, okay, I, I see this. What do I do now? I want to equip you with some tools and some resources. So if you have a moment, I'll give you a moment after this short break to grab some writing materials or to make sure that you're in a space emotionally where you can absorb and reflect on what really makes most sense for you about how you could treat this or how you can talk with someone about this. And you're going to get this coming to you after this short break. Okay, let's wrap this up with some real good tips and resources. Now that we've identified where it comes from, anxiety, and why we suffer through it, I think now is the time for us to figure out how we can treat it. And again, as a reminder, this is not a replacement for therapy or something that you can do on your own. This is best through having support and having resources that can help you understand and equip. Because I think for a lot of us, these are very painful subjects. And the moment we start to encounter trying to treat the stress, we may actually want to uh get back into self-destructive behavior that will make you feel out worse than you may already feel right now. So make sure that not enough that you listen to this episode. I want you to find a plan to either reach out to someone like me or just to take the next step, whatever that looks like for you. Okay. But just don't just listen to what I have to say. Apply action. Okay. Now let's talk about 
how we can treat this. Okay, the first one, and I I've recommend this for those who have experienced any type of trauma, emotional, physical, sexual, or growing up growing up in a family where there's addiction issues, especially, is trauma therapy. And a trauma therapist can be able to help you lessen the sting of those incidents through cognitive based therapy. And if you ask me offline, I'll talk to you more about it. But basically, CBT is basically being exposed to the trauma in a very calm and relaxed way and reducing the sting out of it. And there's a lot of different avenues on how to to tackle that. But just to say that that's one avenue for you. Okay. And obviously medication that is prescribed by a, a, a psychiatrist, a doctor. Okay. That's another avenue for you. Meditation. Meditation is really, really good because we have had that heightened state of cortisol. Our body's literally wired to either run away or to flee or something. And when we're doing meditation, we're allowing our mind and our soul to calm down, to be at ease, to be at peace. I myself, I do meditation work daily because of my own trauma history. But more importantly, it helps me understand and rationalize how I relate. I may not be able to understand the world or the craziness that is the world, but I can at least allow my mind and my soul to be at calm and at ease and so that I'm prepared to face my challenges of the day. It's what I do, it's what I do before I talk to any clients or de- dealing with the world in general. So I highly recommend meditation. There's different apps online. I have meditations and amazing attitude. There's a lot of different avenues on how you can work with that. Just know that it's something that it's not a stop or stop thing. It's just something that you really want to incorporate in your lifestyle as a practice, especially if anxiety is something that you suffer with chronically. Okay. Now, spirit work. Spirit work, and I'm not talking about religion, and I'm not talking about becoming a Buddhist or becoming a Christian or Catholic or whatever. I'm talking about allowing your spirit to be at calm and at peace. And that obviously can come through religion. It could come through nature. And when I say that, I'm saying allowing yourself to be at calm and ease taking walks in tranquil places where your mind can be divorced from the worries and the concerns of the world. Spirit work can literally be through massage where they can work out the tension and you can allow your brain to not think about stresses and your mind can be able to release the physical toxins and your mind can be able to also be opened up and explore other areas that you haven't quite considered with your trauma and your recovery work and other aspects in your life. I I was thinking about when I had a massage recently myself and as my masseuse was working out tension in my gluteal area and my shoulders, my mind was going blank and I felt my brain just dumping out stress. I just literally felt a dumping. And that's, again, the mind, body, spirit, they're all integrated together. And that's one recommendation. Spirit work could also 
be through journaling, through the exploration of your thoughts, okay? I, there's so many different avenues about how you can tackle spirit work, okay? And lastly, stress reduction. Stress reduction can come through a variety of ways. It could be through obviously identifying people, places, or things that aggravate you. I was listening to Sirius XM and they were specifically talking about a particular radio channel, The Bridge. And I never forget this one particular lady. She said over and over again about, I like listening to the station because it helps me de-stress from my work day and allows me to just chill out before I get home. Now, for some of you guys who have a a profession, regardless of your business right now, or your side hustling, wherever you're staging, and it's very aggravating for lots of reasons, the people, the work, a combination of things, sometimes you may need to distress. But then I also would think about is what at that work is stressing you out and asking yourself, what can you do to help improve how you work? Does it mean a conversation with your clients? Does it mean a conversation with your boss? Does it mean that you need to shift your work hours? Does it need mean that perhaps you need to be changing jobs? Perhaps you need to be taking on less risk in your business. I don't really know what that looks like because everybody's different. But I do know for a lot of us, we pile on and we take on so much stress because we are responsible people. This is the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. And most of you obviously are, are full-time uh, entrepreneurs and being an entrepreneur is extremely stressful. But maybe we can do some things to take off the stress. Maybe that we can hire some help or we can ask for assistance or we can talk to someone like me, right? To understand and rationalize what we're doing and maybe make things easier. There's so many different ways that you can attack this issue in terms of stress management. And obviously a big, big one is exercise. Now I do have a, a caution because this is a mistake that I've, I've made and you may be doing the exact same thing where you think that you should be doing the high impact cardio kickboxing or taekwondo or boxing or something where you're, you're feeling like you're raging, you're screaming, you're getting all that stress out and you get that adrenaline rush. But and for a slight, slight little short burst of time when you're punching, you feel you're feel exhausted because you're expending all the energy, but then the stress still appears and you feel like you need to go back and get that other hit of an adrenaline. And do you see, as I'm explaining this, you're actually more or less creating more stress for yourself inadvertently because you're conditioning yourself to only release the stress during high impact activities. So a remedy to really naturally lower down the stress is actually low impact activities like yoga and walking and perhaps swimming. And I'm not saying swimming as your your life depending on just things that are actually more lower impact and I definitely think that if you're allowing your brain and your and your heart rate to actually be somewhere between that 100 to 130 beats per minute, you're you're still exercising, but you're not overtaxing your body and you're not exhausting yourself only to go back. And another thing I just just a word of caution about high impact activities and I I 
I have to backpedal while the swimming. I know that swimming can be can really elevate your heart rate. So just be mindful of the type of swimming that you're doing. Because I know there's some, if you're doing laps or you're doing time-based swimming, you can really rev up the heart rate. But I'm thinking about things that are cool, low, and easy, that are easy on the joints. And when I think about all the times where I was running specifically, and I... I, I was literally becoming a competition within myself to see how fast, how long, how strong I was going. And I was actually creating anxiety with myself as to how fast was I going? Could I beat my last record? Can I do all these things? And it was actually creating more stress when I think about it. So I would highly recommend you find something that's easy, that's smooth, that's, that will allow your body to go through the motions and feel more rejuvenated, but not put stress on your joints or your back or something like that one of the things that's a very well known about people who are running that they a lot of them have joint problems it's because all the stress and so if you're going to do that boxing or running make sure that you have proper footwear that you're exercising on a, a surface that doesn't put strain on your joints okay i'm hoping that you find something that works well for you now let's recap everything that we've talked about. And again, if you need help, um, be sure to reach out with me. There's a link in the show notes section. And make sure that you understand that this is not something that is going to take an instant listen to this podcast. You may need to listen to this podcast again and again, because again, these are hard issues to cover. But let's review and recap everything that we've talked about. We talked about first about the reasons why you may be dealing with anxiety and stress okay we talked about the biological the genetic we talked about the conditioning and then we talked about ways that we can deal with it spirit work body work exercise stress reduction right but i really want you to think above all of anything else is that you are not afraid and that you can work through whatever you're going through right now and it's not your fault most likely if you've been going through these stresses you've been unfortunately exposed to things that at your you're probably a young age you didn't have to and as a result it created themes in your mind that made you feel anxious and alone and not willing to discuss things because you felt like you were alone but you're not alone okay feel free to reach out to me if you need to. And thank you so much for your time. If you've got any questions about this podcast, write to me at podcast at denisetlee.com. And if you really love this podcast, make sure that you share this podcast with someone else that may be experiencing that. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.